Blog Talk Radio. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Chris Adams of Stepping Stones. He's the CEO. Say hi, Chris. Hi, Mike. Hi, audience. Good. Before we get started into the show, let me tell everyone who's coming up next week. On Thursday, we're going to have Dave Myers, who is the CEO of Office Key. That's a shared office suite business. He's got five locations here in the Cincinnati marketplace. On Friday, a week from today, the 26th of October, I have Eric Adams of Turnstile, and he's going to talk about how he grew his company, which is an independent web development company, and they do all the artwork and all of the digital programming work in-house, which is an important thing. On the 1st of November, that's going to be a pre-recorded show as I'm out of town at a Sandler training conference. We're going to have Terry Flurry and Andy Kennedy. Those are two independent specialists in long-term care. For those of us who have aging parents or are seniors ourselves, that might be a extremely interesting show. And on Friday, November 2nd, we're going to have Alan Greer, who is the president of Print Web Technologies. That's a company that has harnessed the power of the web to print and distribute information and he's going to talk about his new program with the Cincinnati Chamber for Chamber members and his cause-related printing product, which might even be good for stepping stones. You can listen to his show. The next week, we're going to have Mike Callahan, who is the president and CEO of two companies, American Data Products and Document Destruction. One company prints forms, and the other one shreds them. So it's it's a great combo. And Mike has been a client for a lot of years. And on Friday, the 9th of November, we're going to have Jim Hunter. Jim was a franchisee of Home Doctors, loved the concept, and decided to buy the whole franchise system. And since he's a resident of the Cincinnati Marketplace, I thought I'd bring him in and tell everyone about what Home Doctors does and how he sees the outlook for the future. Let me tell our audience, Chris, a little bit about you. You've been the... You are the executive director of uh, Stepping Stones in, you're in, you live in Terrace Park. I live in Terrace Park. But right. Stepping Stones is in Indian Hill. Yes, it's a five-minute uh, walk from my house. Very convenient. Okay. And you joined Stepping Stones in 2007 as a finance director. You were a senior manager in charge of risk management at Bombardier Capital. Was that a Cincinnati company? No, that's a company out of Montreal, Canada. Oh, okay. 
Bombardier. Those are those are the guys that make railroad cars now. They make railroad cars. They also make aircraft. Uh, they're most popular for the Sea Doo and Ski Doo, oh. which is how the company started back in Valcor, Canada. Okay, and Chris, you're a CPA, right? That is correct. And you have a specialty in business development, financial management, marketing, mergers and acquisitions. It's always an interesting uh, specialty. You've been in Cincinnati for the last nine years. You're married to a physician at Children's Hospital. That is correct. Is, is she what brought you to Cincinnati? Uh, yes, she is. Okay. Uh, he has four kids. Uh, and uh, most of them are in high school or college. Chris enjoys golf, tennis, bowling. We've got to get you out to the Rotary Bowling. I'm, uh, I'm signed up as a sub, so I'm looking forward to my first opportunity to sub for someone. Right. Chris is a member of the downtown Cincinnati Rotary uh, Foundation. When he's uh, not working uh, at Stepping Stone or Camp Allen, uh, he's using his creative energy to create new products. Are you like an inventor, Chris? Yeah. I, 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 when I first got to Cincinnati, I was working on various projects with partners. We were working on a beach cart that uh, we worked with various engineers, product developers. Uh, so I learned quite a bit about how to design a product. I have two products right now that are sold over the web. One is a program for teen driving, which is found at ditzone.com, which stands for Driver in Training Zone. And I have a product that is used in the lottery marketplace that I've worked on the development with and, and, and have developed and is out in the market also. Both sound very extremely interesting. Uh, a product for teenage drivers that they've learned how to drive over the over the web? No, it's actually tools for parents to use uh, while they're training their uh, young one to be out there. So it's it's broken into three segments. It's broken into a prep part where you have a contract, and then there's a situation doc that's done. And from there, you read that with your teen driver, and you get them prepared for going out. The second phase is what I call when you're an apprentice. So you go out on there, and you're out you're out in the car driving. And uh, you need signage, and there's other things that uh, relate to getting ready and being out as an apprentice. And then the last item is when you get your license, it has an emblem that identifies the car as a car with a young driver in it so that other people have patience while they're out there on the roads. And I also have a 1-800 number to call if you see my child doing something that they shouldn't be doing on the road. And then I have um, a thing that goes, it's, it's a booklet that goes into the glove box that tells the young driver if they get into a certain situation, such as a flat tire or their battery is dead, how you deal with that. And I call that the 411 journal. Oh, that's great. That's great. So how many of those have you sold? Uh, I've been selling them to through schools and through uh, various marketplaces, and uh, I've sold a couple hundred of them. That's really good. That's really good. Well, before we get uh, further into talking about stepping stones, let me tell everyone about a couple of Sandler things that are coming up. Next Wednesday, the 24th, we still have a couple of seats for the all-day cold call camp. That's how to get past the gatekeeper, how to get your prospects involved in a conversation. We'll build three scripts for that. Uh, how to get out of voicemail jail. We'll give our attendees five different methods to make sure that 80% of the calls that they leave voicemail for get returned. And then we'll actually make some, some cold calls and debrief them. 
which is something we, we actually do here on a weekly basis. And uh, for Sandler Presidents Club members, another reminder that the Sandler Client Summit is February 14th and 15th in Orlando, Florida. A great great excuse to go down to Orlando in the middle of the winter. Chris is going. I can see that. <laughs> yes, I look forward to a trip down to Florida. Right. It's going to be called, and, and, and the whole theme is no guts, no gain. How to get tougher. I think the economy is going to be getting tougher, and I think only the tougher are going to survive. So we put a strong theme on it. There will be uh, great programs for the clients in two tracks, one track for managers and owners, another track for salespeople and developers. Let's see. January is coming up real fast. Networking is important for a lot of people. And so here at Sandler uh, by Roth & Associates, we're going to have a Networking Works uh, course four weeks in January on Monday mornings. We're going to be talking uh, about how to make your networking an, an effective tool. Chris, let's let's talk uh, for a few minutes about Stepping Stones. Uh, what is the mission of Stepping Stones? Well, first, Mike, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity to discuss Stepping Stones and its two locations that are located at Given Road in Indian Hill and at Camp Allen out in Batavia. Um, I would like to also mention that without the support of my board, I wouldn't be able to accomplish all the things that we have accomplished. I truly feel that uh, we have a, a terrific board, and as far as the three T's go, which is time, talent, and treasure, we got them all from the various board members that we have. So we wouldn't be able to do the work that we do without their support and, of course, all the other stakeholders. Uh, Stepping Stone's uh, mission is to increase independence, improve lives, and promote inclusion for adults and children with disabilities. We do that through various programs. What we do at Stepping Stones, if you boil it down to one thing, is we provide respite for families, caregivers, and other people that are involved with individuals with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, Stepping Stones has a relationship with the downtown Cincinnati Rotary Club. I guess it was back in 1927. I don't remember it, but some people do. The Rotary Club bought Camp Allen, operated by itself for many years, and I guess how many years ago was it that Stepping Stones and Rotary came into a agreement for Stepping Stones to operate the programs out of Camp Allen? In the 1970s, we uh, joined together to provide programming for people with disabilities. The camp, as you well know, my Camp Allen is a pride and joy of the Rotary Club of Cincinnati. It was founded in 1921 mm. as a place for uh, children, with, crippled children is basically the term that they used to go. Those were children inflicted with polio. So uh, as the eradication of polio came about in the 1960s, uh, we, the Stepping Stones sort of stepped in and said, is there a way we could help provide camping for people with other disabilities? So that's when the relationship was formed, and we've had a great relationship for the last 40-some-odd years. Right, right. And every summer you have a uh, sleepaway camp, overnight camp, for uh, children and, and adults with these great disabilities. Yes, we have both uh, a day camp uh, program out of Camp Allen as well as an overnight program. Both programs are hugely successful. Uh, we've had great numbers in the past couple of years, and uh, we continue to grow in both uh, our given road location and at Camp Allen. Good. Uh, Chris has agreed to 
take some questions. So if any of our listeners want to call in and ask Chris a question, the telephone number is 646-595-4916. And we'll be able to take your calls during the commercial break, so hang on until the commercial break. Uh, so, Chris, it sounds like you came to Cincinnati because your wife. That is absolutely true, Mike. Okay. And just out of curiosity, are you a Canadian citizen or an American citizen? No, I'm an American citizen. I was born in New York City. Really? Me yeah. too. What part of New York City? I, li- I was born in Brooklyn and I lived in Queens. Okay. Interesting. I, I was born in Brooklyn, lived in Brooklyn and, and then later on Long Island. Okay. All right. We have a common thread there that we're yeah, both we native New Yorkers. And we've known each other for a while and we didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. It's, it's funny how this stuff comes out. I've always said people in Cincinnati were separated not by six degrees of separation, but by one half of one degree. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you just don't know what it is going to be, though. Right. Chris, let's take a, uh, a short break in here. And, again, if you want have a question for Chris, the number is 646-595-4916. Company owners and sales managers, are you sick and tired of hiring a salesperson you think is Tom Cruise only to get Pee Wee Herman on the first day of the job? Call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, to stop this from happening to you again. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, my message is critical for you. Today, I want to talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt. Earn more money. Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins, but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at 513-646-6523. Give me your toughest questions. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513-646-6523. Company owners and sales managers, are you tired of cutting your price to get the deal? Wouldn't you like to have a better way? Wouldn't you want to improve your margins? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 to see if there's a better way for you. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Chris Adams. Chris, you've been with Stepping Stones for seven years. And when you take the, the jump from being the chief financial officer to the CEO, how do you implement that kind of a change? Do you have a strategic plan? Well, um, when I joined the organization, um, I came to it looking at uh, the finance side of it, but I was doing a lot of work behind the scenes to sort of lay out direction for where we should be going and where we should be concentrating our efforts. So I was using the financial information just as a way of developing some strategies. Mm -hmm. And and, and how is uh, Stepping Stones uh, funded? 
Stepping Stones uh, has various uh, stakeholders. First of all, we have um, the United, we're a United Way partner agency. We receive approximately $250,000 from them. That is for our adult program, which is a day program that we operate. Also for our early education program, which is uh, a program that's out of Camp Allen. And also we have a one-on-one -on -one program for our day camp out at, uh, at the given location. We also have various DDS uh, services that are part of our stakeholder network. And we have the Hamilton County DDS, to name a few. We're out here in Claremont County. DDS means? It means Developmental Disability Services. We have a rule here at Sandler that we need to explain what an acronym is or a buzzword before we use it so we don't lose anybody. Right. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad you brought me back to that point. Uh, so we serve probably well over 16 counties now. So we have individuals and children coming from various counties throughout the, the southwestern area of Ohio. Do you serve northern Kentucky as well? We do not. Uh, the funding structures that are in place in Ohio and Kentucky are different. So we have not had an opportunity yet to expand into the Kentucky area, but that's something we plan on doing uh, in our long-term planning process is to look at how we might be able to conduct business in Kentucky. And, and obviously that requires looking for space that, that will accommodate the mission that we have for the individuals that we serve. Right. Uh, how do you measure uh, the outcomes of uh, for a client who is a Stepping Stones client? They they come to Stepping Stones camps in either Indian Hill or Camp Allen. Well, what we have is um, most of the individuals that come for an extended school year, which is through the Cincinnati Public School System, they all have IEPs. So we use those IEPs, which is an individual education plan. And uh, those, those basically uh, lay the groundwork for the type of work that we should be doing with the child. So our staff will review those and they'll develop activities around those IEPs, if you will. The uh, adults that come to our campus uh, have what's called a My Plan. So that plan is sort of an adult version of an individual education plan. So what we do is we work on various skills with those individuals so that we can accommodate and meet the, the requirements of those My Plans. So most of the clients that are on our campus have plans that help us help them accomplish the things that they need to do so they can be successful. So you're actually measuring the outcomes against the plan so you, you can see how successful the program has been. That is correct. Um, we have a lot of compliance that we have to adhere to. So the counties will come in, those developmental disability services counties will come in and review the My Plans and the documentation that goes along with what we've done to help the client accomplish the, the task that they're supposed to be working on. Could you give us an example? Well, we would have some individuals that would have to work on socialization. So we might have, uh, they need to get out into the community. They need to be able to go to a restaurant, things of that nature. And then what we'll do is we'll get them into outings that 
that give them the opportunity to go ahead out and learn to be comfortable and learn how to react in that sort of setting. So we'll coach them along and then basically we'll document that when we get back how they did under the circumstances that they were put in and that event. Uh, I understand that you're having a lot more children with autism than in the past. Yes, we are. We have a special program at Stepping Stones and Indian Hill that is called Step Up. That program is designed strictly for children in the school systems that cannot make it in a typical setting. So what we do is we visit with the school administrators and the teachers, and we look at whether or not our program will help them. And then what we do is bring them to our campus and basically design an individual education program for them so that they could be successful. And the plan is to always try to return them to their home school. So we may have a student come for several years, get acclimated, assimilated into what we do, and then our hopes is to return them back to their school. What percentage of the students are able to return to their original school or schooling in the district? So far in the program, because most of the students that we deal with have um, severe behavior issues, so trying to get them back to the school system is the goal, and I think we've returned one or two. But then they sort of transition out of our program because they're entitled to be in the school program until they're age 22, and at that point they graduate and they go on to another type of program. So we work very hard at transitioning them into something to do as a young adult. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, from a nonprofit perspective, when you look at the economy and the outlook, what do you see as the possibilities and the opportunities? Well, I see um, we're, we have been very successful during these last couple of years, even though the economy has been poor at increasing enrollment into our programs. So we've spent a lot of time getting out into the field and talking to people and letting them know what we do. And that route has been very successful. We've seen 30% growth in absolute terms of absolute dollars in our program fees and our compounded annual growth rate has been about 6%. So we saw getting out into the community and refreshing our programs as a way, an opportunity for us to do that. The, the, the side that I see um, in the public funding sector, there's a lot of us competing for the same dollars in the foundation world and also out in asking for contributions and also working on, you know, special events. So there's a lot of competition in that area for um, for nonprofits. I believe the number I read somewhere was there's close to 7,000 nonprofits in the Cincinnati area, and we're all competing for some of the same public dollars. So I see that as an area that is a challenge for most organizations that are in the not-for-profit world. In the not-for-profit world, I understand there was a contest put on by Toyota. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I'm, I, I would be glad to tell you about that, Mike. We are so we were so excited that we were selected as a finalist. We were there were four thousand applicants, and they selected five thousand, uh, five hundred rather, uh, people that would go into the Facebook process that they've developed, uh, and where people could come in and vote for the charity of their choice. 
and we had a day back in um, July. What was the prize? The, pr- the prize was a van, um, which was a van that we needed very much that would accommodate some of the individuals that we have in wheelchairs. So it's it's a van with uh, mobility uh, adapt- adaptations to it so that uh, people can in wheelchairs could get out into the community. And Stepping Stones won that Toyota contest. Yes, we did. We had the most votes. We were about 46% of the votes that day. We were ahead of the, the, the second place person by at least 20%. So wow. we really mobilized individuals to get out there on Facebook and to vote for us. And, uh, and, and, and we'll be taking delivery of that van within the next couple of weeks. Well, that's great. We're going to have to have some pictures on that one. I'll definitely send them to you. We'll put up the, the go with this particular uh, show. So, again, Chris did agree to take some questions. If you have a question, you can call in at 646-595-4916. Chris, uh, one of the biggest changes uh, that you see in the not-for-profit world happening? Well, I think a lot of things... uh, There was an old model that was used um, that basically talked about um, the number of uh, you know nonprofits that are out there, and one of the things that I've seen is and you that said how many nonprofits in Cincinnati? There were seven thousand nonprofits in the Cincinnati area. Just an astonishing number to me. Yes, it is, it, 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 and all yeah. doing great work. And I thought they were all in the Rotary Club already, but we got we got some recruiting to do. We, defi- we definitely could beef up the membership if we we got out to everybody. But I saw the the nonprofit world evolving, and a lot of the research I did when I got involved in with Stepping Stones, I started to look into ways to manage challenges that nonprofits have, and I think a couple things stood out to me from my research that the old model was more of a command and control model. And then the new model that I saw people evolving to was more of a shape and influence type of management. Um, Some of the other things that I looked at is, you know, a lot of people would look at how big are you by square footage? Well, in today's day and age, it's more about megabytes and information. So we've spent a lot of time investing in our infrastructure so that we're ready to grow the organization and get productivity from it based on use of technology. The other thing that uh, the old model used to have is you used to call people employees. Well, I kind of look at the folks that work with me as consultants. We're out there helping individuals, consulting to parents, helping the individuals understand what they want to do. And so we're no longer just an employee at Stepping Stones. You're a consultant. You're there to aid and help and answer questions. Um, In the area of fundraising, You know, it used to be sort of social fundraising. You'd get together, have parties, and what have you. But now the model's more of a cognitive fundraising. You know, we want people to invest in stepping stones. They're not only getting the heart side of it, but they're also getting the cognitive side of it and why are they investing and supporting in stepping stones activities. And I think the major thing about programming is that, you know, a lot of people used to talk about innovative programming. Well, you have to have the most innovative program to be successful. We focused on innovations in management because with having good managers and looking over the programs and designing good programs, people will want to come. And by delivering the best product to them, that will attract some of the clients to Stepping Stones. 
Good. We're going to take a short break now, and if you want to ask Chris a question, the number is 646-595-4916. professional salesperson is always going to the bank, always thinking about going to the bank. So let's talk about some of the things that may be holding us back. Uh, it's been my experience down through the years that a lot of salespeople will engage in almost any activity necessary uh, perhaps to, uh, to think they're build, building relationships or they're out there trying to show a prospect how, how much they know, they do a lot of educating. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes they're not even in front of the right prospect, which, which is a huge problem. They're busy doing proposals and quotes and demos and samples and bid work, uh, perhaps to unqualified prospects. And then they wonder uh, how come they're not producing the results that they want to do. And let's face it, sales is money. Uh, if, you, if you're in sales for any reason other than to want to make money, you may want to take a look at, at why you're doing this. Obviously, we need to prospect. We need to prospect a lot. We know that some salespeople don't enjoy that. Uh, but if you don't get in front of enough of the right prospects, you're going to struggle going to the bank. Typically, when I schedule an appointment with someone, I want to know why I'm going there. When I show up and I'm in front of a prospect, why am I there? Okay? And both of us need to know if it's one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, what's the purpose of this meeting? Okay. Uh, it is to qualify or to disqualify. So if I'm in a longer selling cycle, I'm qualifying or disqualifying to see if I've got a second or third or subsequent meeting. Uh, if I'm in a one-call close business, I've got to get a decision, yes or no, are we going to work together? Uh, but I've got to make sure that I'm asking the right questions to get the results that we need. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of salespeople do telling instead of selling. Ask yourself that question. Am I selling? Am I telling? How much of my time am I spent educating, uh, giving away the wrong information, and, and ultimately walking away with some kind of a platitude that says, hey, looks good, we'll get back to you. So take a look at your activity. Where are you spending your time? Are you doing it correctly? Is it paying off for you? Make sure you know why you're there, and that's to, to, to produce the results to go to the bank. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Chris Adams of Stepping Stones. Uh, Chris, during the break we were discussing the hedgehog principle. Why don't you share with our audience how you're using the hedgehog principle at Stepping Stones? Well, Mike, before I get to uh, to the hedgehog principle, uh, one of the things we did was take a look at the organization and applied um, a chart that you can find in the Harvard Business Review, which is evolution and revolution of organizations. And we tried to identify where we are on uh, that uh, grid based on a young company and to a matured company. And we were looking at the various crisis points that organizations go through. And the first crisis point, which is the crisis point of leadership, um, was the one I think we were at. So we focused on ways to grow through direction. And um, 
then you run into a crisis point of autonomy. So uh, we then grew through delegation. And now we're at a crisis point of control. So we're working on ways to address that. And, and the way you grow through that is through coordination. So we're spending a lot of time doing that. To get to uh, the hedgehog, um, we also started to look at the data. And we have a data continuum that we've developed. We were taking a look at data and acting off of data. Instead of acting off of data, what we did was we took the data and we put it into a format that would provide us with information. From there, we looked at that information and we developed and looked for patterns in the information. From there, we were able to get some knowledge. So we worked up this continuum and this helped us formulate approaches. One of the approaches we thought was we would take a look at the good to great concepts and, uh, and, and use the hedgehog uh, concept for the social sector that uh, is from Jim Collins. So basically, we took a look at what are we passionate about? What are we doing here for the individuals? Um, and then we looked at what drives our resource engines. Where, do, where are we getting funding from? Where, where, where do we have issues related to how we're going to fund individuals? How do we fix things so that we can get our program self-sustaining? And then we looked at what can we be the best at? So we started saying we were doing a lot of different things, and we said, well, maybe we should step back a little bit and look at that hedgehog concept and apply it and just do a few things and do them well. If we're passionate about the thing and we can get the resources in order to accomplish it, then let's deliver that service to individuals. So we, that's how we implemented the hedgehog concept. So that what you're passionate about is? Well, what we're passionate about is obviously the inclusion of individuals with disabilities in society. And you're best at? We are best at providing programs for adults and children that allow them to continue to grow as individuals so that they can reach that goal of being accepted and being into the community as, as they desire and, and, and doing the things that they want to do. It's all about their choice. We ask them, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? And that's what we try to work on for them. Good. And uh, what drives your resource engine? Well, our, as we were talking about before, we have various funding sources. We're supported primarily by uh, programming fees, but we also have a large program support that comes from public sources, too. So it's about 60% from fees, probably about 40% from public sources. Okay. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, what what you're proudest of in the last five years at Stepping Stones? Well, I think one of the most recent things that happened to the organization is we were fortunate to win an Impact 100 grant, and that is about $110,000. Now, Impact 100 is a group of women that have gotten together and they have pooled their money to go ahead and give two grants every year. It's an amazing group of individuals. It's a very competitive uh, process, and we were a finalist the year before, and then we actually won the grant. 
we are building a sensory respite program out at Camp Allen, and that program required that we build a sensory trail. And that trail, the best way to describe it is if you're out in a community and they have a jogging path and you stop by and you see a station where you can do sit-ups and Mm pull-ups, well, what this trail is is similar to that. It's in the woods in Camp Allen, and it has sensory stations. So it deals with different sensory needs for individuals that have autism and sensory uh, requirements. Oh, that's that's the project that the Rotary Club Helped you out on them about a week ago. Yes, they were out last weekend, and they were doing a lot of the cleanup work out there. We had a group uh, of fraternity brothers that came here over the summer and started the process called Push America. Great volunteer organization. They raise their own funds. They come out to your organization, and they help you with projects. They also enjoy being with the campers. One of the activities that they enjoyed this summer was playing spaghetti baseball. So that's where you hit a ball, run to first base, pick spaghetti up, and then go to second base, get sauce, then go to third base, get cheese, and then you have to put it in a bucket when you come to home plate. So they just enjoy that. But And the other activity that they love to do is the balloon rides that the Rotary sponsors out of Camp Allen. They also help with that, helping get the campers in and out of the balloon basket, and everybody has a great time. That's a, a great activity. All the campers talk about that when they return home. That's a fantastic activity. I've helped many times with the balloon inflating and, and deflating. Well, we thank you for coming out and doing that, Mike. Uh, I think I have more fun doing that uh, and, and just being there helping with a hot air balloon. I mean, a, a great activity for the campers a great activity for the Rotarians and other volunteers that, that come out for that. I understand that you've, you've done a lot of fundraising. You say 60% of, the, of your budget comes from fees, and you, and you shared with us that United Way provides 250000 What kind of uh, fundraising have during the year? Well, we have three main events. The first event we have takes place in February, and it's called Open Your Heart, and it's around Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. and it's usually on uh, Fat Tuesday, and it's a time for friends to get together. It's a dinner at a restaurant, very low-key, no no program per se, and it's been a very successful event. We launched it about three years ago, so that's in the month of February. So what restaurant are you going to be at this year? It's normally held at Eddie Merlot's, Mm. so I think we're planning on having it there again. We're in the planning phases of that right now. Great place, Eddie Merlot's. Yes, wonderful. Great meal, good environment, great friends. It's a great fundraising and friend-raising event. The second event that we participate in first as a special event for fundraising is the Flying Pig. We participate not only in the um, the event on Saturday, which is the Hope and Possibility Walk and Run, which our clients participate in. We go down as a group. But we have people who run the half marathon and the full marathon and also teams that go ahead and fundraise for us. So that's been a good fundraiser for us in in the springtime. Then our signature event, which we call Bloom, and the name comes from everyone has an opportunity to bloom at Stepping Stones, uh, is our signature event. And it's been, um, we've been doing that for about eight years. And this year we had a great, great turnout. We had over 450 individuals come to uh, Beth and Doug Brendamore's home in Indian Hill. We usually have this at a home in in the Indian Hill area. 
and uh, they uh, were great hosts, and we raised well over $200,000 at that event. One event that we had this year that we enjoyed participating in was the Believe to Achieve event that the Rotary Club ran. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were one of three charities that were selected to receive the funds raised at that event, and I was there, and I'll tell you, that was a great event, and it raised lots of money, and the agencies that receive those funds will put them to good use. What we should have said earlier, Chris, is if someone wants to contact you about uh, either volunteering or wants more information about what Stepping Stones does, how do they do that? Well, we have a terrific website, and you can find us at steppingstonesohio.org. If you go there, we have many, many uh, links into the various things that we do. You can go in and look at programs. You can look at the staff. You can look at board members. You can look at activities. There are forms to fill out if you're interested in volunteering. So it's a very comprehensive website. We just redesigned our brand and our website it's probably with it's probably six or seven months old at this point in time. Okay. That's good. Again, if you have a, a question for, for Chris and you want to call in and ask, uh this will be the last opportunity. Six four six five nine five four nine one six. Chris, in, in in the world of charitable organizations like Stepping Stones, what are the biggest limitations on the outlook on the on the horizon? Well, I think some of our concerns uh, relate to uh, fee structures that uh, we have put in place. Um, a lot of our funding comes from local and state government agencies. And uh, so we have a reliance on them in some school districts we also do. So any impact on their budgets impacts us in, in, indirectly um, because a lot of the, the individuals that come come through those, those sources. So I think that's the biggest challenge that's facing the agency in the future is to continue to promote what we do and also convince the state and local governments to fund what it is that we do too. Good. We're going to take a short break here, and then we'll be back with Chris. Imagine you just left your prospect's office, and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. 
Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Chris Adams of Stepping Stones. And Chris, I want to ask you one of my favorite questions. We have a theory of operation here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. So if you want to solve a complex problem, you need to come up with an equally complex solution. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you encounter there at Stepping Stones and the perhaps equally complex solution that you apply to solve or kill the problem, then maybe someone else could take that solution theory of operation and move it to another business, another charity, or another industry. Well, as I indicated, I've spent a lot of time looking at data and trying to take that data and get it into information that we can use. One of the the problems that we had was how do we get the staff to embrace what we want to accomplish. So that was that sort of was the problem because we had an old the culture was sort of old school and a lot of the folks were not used to using data to make decisions and understanding what the data told them. Uh everyone that works at my organization and at Stepping Stones rather has a great heart and they're there for all the right reasons but sometimes they don't analyze all the information that's available to make the right decision for the organization. So how we decided to address that was we looked at what are the primary drivers of what it is we do, and we boiled it down to let's look at how do we get clients in here and how do we attract the clients. So what we discovered was by doing that, we saw that it, a lot of our clients come through indirect means. So we needed to educate folks out in the community on what it is that we do and why they want to send their individual to us. So we decided that we would look at ways of presenting that information to them and getting that in their hands. So we had sort of selling seminars that happened at Camp Allen. We invited lots of people out there. Let's show them what we have. What is it that we do? Let's educate them on that. So that was that was one of the major problems that we had was how do we get the staff to understand what it is they have to do in order to accomplish what the governing objectives are for the organization? I was fortunate to meet somebody when I started at Stepping Stones, and he uh, is an executive director of another agency in Cincinnati, and he was telling me, Chris, the most important thing I'm going to impart to you as far as wisdom is if you don't have a margin, you don't have a mission. So in other words, you need to focus on creating value within the organization so that you can continue to serve the individual's that you are serving. So I spent a lot of time talking about that with the staff and getting them to evolve. We've used a lot of different tools to try to understand what the motivations of our individuals are. So 
nothing that's really scientific, just, you know, through interviews, some Six Sigma tools that I learned when I was at Bombardier, just to get people to sort of talk about their feelings and, and what it is that the obstacles are for them to sort of get on to the new culture, so that, sort of what uh, Jim Collins talks about, getting on the bus. Right, right. We have a saying here that not everyone in sales, not everyone deserves to be on the bus, and some people are in the wrong seats. That makes a big difference. Usually, usually the funniest one is for me when a company promotes their best salesperson to be sales manager, and then they, they've lost the best salesperson, and this person can't manage, doesn't have the right skill set or competencies, and so they lose salespeople they should have kept in addition to the one that they promoted. So it's a, uh interesting problem, yeah. interesting problem. Uh, what kind of investments have uh, as Stepping Stone made uh, during your tenure as CEO? Well, the first thing we did was, I'm embarrassed to say this, Mike, but about a year ago, we did not have email. So we had no way of communicating with the staff in Camp Allen and even within the given uh, road location. So everything was done through sheets of paper put into mail slots. So we invested in our technology. We went ahead and purchased file servers that would operate with it so that we could do our an email system. Also, we could also do um, items such as op, you know our operating software. So we made an investment in the infrastructure. Then we looked around and said, well, we've got now a great core, but all of our computers are a good five, six years old. So we have a great core, but we could not uh, utilize the computing capacity that we had. So we, we've been replacing all of uh, our computers. And then the next thing was getting everything wired. We did not have connectivity in any of the buildings. So we had all of the buildings connect, connect, connectivity in the buildings by having them wired. They're all wired now. And so now everybody has Internet access, and they have, and they have access now. And we just finished out of Camp Allen doing the same thing uh, recently. So we made a big investment in uh, that. That investment is, uh, I would say, if I threw a dollar number out at that, is well over $110,000. And we've done some of that through grants that we've received from various foundations. Recently, we've spent a lot of time updating the um, facilities out at Camp Allen, so uh, with the help of the Rotary Club and the foundation there, they, have, they give us money each year to make sure that we make capital improvements that help us meet the needs of our clients. So we've been doing a lot of that. What type of capital improvements have you put into Camp Allen? Well, um, we, have, we, we put in a brand-new laundry facility, which helps us immensely because we needed commercial machines in there, and we were running sort of residential machines, and it was no way we could keep up with the laundry from the campers. Uh, so that was one of the major things. We, we've put on new roofs. We uh, redid a bunch of, uh, of buildings that we use for um, quarters, sleeping quarters for some of the staff. We made modifications to one of the cabins so we could put more beds in so that we'd have more capacity, which we filled this past summer. Um, and then we have a couple of projects slated for our kitchen where we're going to put in a new serving system. Um, we've invested in air conditioning out at Camp Allen in one of the cabins. So we've made a significant investment out at the Camp Allen location with the help of the Rotary Foundation. Why don't you explain for our listeners why uh, 
at a rustic camp, you would put in air conditioning. Well, we needed to have one cabin at least that had air conditioning so that if we had people with medically fragile conditions and they required air conditioning in the sleeping quarters, that we would be able to accommodate them. So that was the major driver. But the camp has been without air conditioning for, you know, since the 1920s. So it is rustic, and that and it's a camping experience. So most of the campers are in that realm where they're in cabins without air conditioning, and the ones that have some health issues is where you know we'll put them in the uh, the cabin with the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you see as the opportunities for your agency over the next three to five years? Well, in the area of opportunities, we still need to uh, to be able to look at ways to grow our, our client base and then look in, into other areas. Currently, there are not a lot of organizations that do what we do out on the west side of Cincinnati. So we're probably going to be looking at ways to expand what we do at Allen, Camp Allen, and at Given Road out on the west side because there are adults out there that need services, that, that the kind that we offer. Um, of course, expanding into Kentucky is something that we've been thinking about for several years, and um, and then also looking at ways to be a portal for information flow for people who have adults and children with disabilities. If they have questions, where can they go? We see the agency as a linkage, uh, as as one of the organizations that link in to other organizations to help provide a comprehensive uh, approach to providing services for people with disabilities. Good. So you'll be getting the passports and pro- proper papers to go to northern Kentucky and the west side. We'll, we'll be applying for those. Okay. Uh, Chris, I'd like to ask our, our CEO leaders if they could give our, our listeners who are CEOs or want to be leaders just one leadership tip. Well, I guess the one thing that I could pass on to leaders is that um, I I think it's very important to develop a good team because I don't accomplish the things that uh, happen out at Stepping Stones. It's definitely a team effort. I'm providing guardrails and and setting parameters for people to operate in. I'm, I'm very much the type of person that lets people have the autonomy to go ahead and do what it is that they do. I don't know how to run every one of the programs. So I've got individuals that understand all the dynamics about that. And I rely on them and I trust them. And that's why it's important to have good people in those key spots so that you can be successful. Because I think I've come and and have looked at, uh, at the evolution of the organization. We've had to make some changes in those leadership spots. But I think right now I've got individuals that really buy on to where we are culture-wise and also have the feeling that they're empowered to do the things that they need to do. So I think empowerment is a very important aspect of being successful. So how many employees do you have at Stepping Stones? We have uh, 46 full-time employees, and some of them work on a part-time basis. But in the summertime, we go to almost 200 employees. Now, I noticed at Camp Allen, it seemed that you had almost a one-to-one ratio of counselors to campers. Well, um, it really depends on the needs of the campers that uh, the profiles of those campers that are coming to the program. So if we need to have one-on-one individuals, we do. 
We traditionally run the camp at a ratio of three and a half to one so that we feel that, that, that that's adequate, that gives coverage, and it allows the, uh, the staff to be able to work with various individuals throughout the day. Good. If someone wanted to volunteer to help at Camp Allen or Stepping Stones in Indian Hill, uh, how would they do that? Well, on the you can go to the website, and you can uh, on the website we have how to get involved uh, and how to volunteer. Sarah Weber is our volunteer coordinator, and uh, you can reach her through email, or you could call the main number, which is five one three eight three one four six six zero, and ask for the volunteer office. Uh, we have lots of volunteers that come during the summer from the various schools. And we are very fortunate that we have organizations like the Rotary who come out and volunteer. We have GE, Ethicon, and many uh, other organizations, P&G, that come out with groups of individuals and they volunteer to help us with the facilities and they come and work with the clients. So, uh, and briefly in the little time that we have left, what is the biggest project that you see on the horizon for the next year or so? Our biggest project is to address our aging facilities. We, uh, the, all the buildings have been built in the 1970s and therefore they've kind of outlived their useful life. We need to invest in our facilities now as we get to the point where we are developing and, and giving and offering good programming right now. So now it's, uh, it's now it's the, time to look at our brick and mortar and try to update that to uh, where we are today so that it helps us uh, be successful in the future. Are you talking about replacing buildings or building new buildings? A uh, combination of those, Mike. We're looking at uh, ways to renovate what we have and also um, ways to look at how we can use the grounds better at both locations. We have uh, had the benefit of an organization called Petco who has come out and they they are in Cincinnati. They're an engineering firm and architect firm, and they've been pro bono to uh, design and consider different aspects to con, you know to take into consideration for what we do in the future. Good. Well, Chris, I want to thank you again for uh, for being here with us today and telling uh, our audience about what Stepping Stones does and kind of an appreciation for uh, being here today. I'm going to be giving you a copy of the latest Sandler book, The 11 Sandler Insights. This book is, was released uh, at the end of April and went promptly like that to the number one status on Amazon and then was picked up by the Wall Street Journal list of bestsellers. And I'll give you a copy of uh, Sandler's book, uh, Why Salespeople Fail as well. Chris, thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much, Mike. I enjoyed being with you. Great. Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.